I'm Kate Daniels. The not-so-good news is that Washington is experiencing its largest tuberculosis outbreak in the last 20 years. The good news is we have a medical expert, Dr. Masai Kawamura, who has been a TB clinician with 30 years experience with us to provide some education about this disease. Dr. Kawamura, good morning. Thank you so greatly for being with us this morning. Happy to be here. And you have spent three decades, 30 years, as a tuberculosis clinician. So we look to you as really an authority here. And I've thought of TB, which we generally refer to it as, as being something that had been eradicated. But now I've read that there's been a large jump, an increase in Washington State. Can you tell us what's going on with that? Yes, well, people think TB is eradicated in the U.S. because the U.S. has done such an incredible job at controlling tuberculosis, but it was the uh, most common infectious disease worldwide until COVID hit, with a quarter of uh, the the world's population being infected with the TB bacillus, not actively, but um, latently, which is even more dangerous because it sleeps and it can wake up later. Um, so this is no surprise that when you take your eye off the ball of, you know, TB and TB prevention, what you see is you, you see cases. And these cases are just like COVID, not as transmissible, but still, you know, it's an airborne disease. And, and, and then people, you know, get infected. And those who are newly infected are more likely to break down into secondary cases. And then you have an outbreak. Uh, especially in a setting like in Washington, where it was a correctional facility where people are in crowded living conditions. So could we then transfer that to other crowded living conditions? I think about uh, retirement facilities where they, in many cases, are large facilities. Are are they then kind of a, a, a place where there needs to be concern as well? Absolutely. Um, and, you know, there are guidelines for all of these kind of facilities that uh, where, where people are crowded together, you know, kidney dialysis centers, uh, you know, uh, you know, rehab uh, drug facilities, any any anytime there is crowding or living um, or if there is a case in, in the household, they do a contact investigation. It's very similar to COVID. And I think COVID makes this more understandable now to people. Um, you know, that crowded living, it, it is a, almost exactly the same. Even the risk factors for disease are very similar, you know. Um, so, yes, uh, it applies to any crowded situation. As a TV con- former TV controller in San Francisco, we had outbreaks in bars, and we had to go to different bars in the Castro and make sure that their staff were clear from TB infection because we had an outbreak in that community around bars and people going bar hopping. And if you've ever been in a bar on a Friday night in the Castro, my goodness, the the amount of air in the room is very little air is shared by like, you know, body to body uh, crowding. And and that's where you get infected, right? Um, When you're sharing contaminated air. It also then, it brings to mind our situation uh, where we've had shelters for those who are unhoused and close living uh, conditions. So that's probably also been a, a very 
serious situation that uh, we need to contend with. Absolutely. And there are guidelines for shelters in every city in the U.S. uh, in terms of um, screening for tuberculosis. And that was a a big area of focus for us in San Francisco uh, and continues to be. Uh, so there are uh, guidelines in place to uh, make sure that they, if they have infection, they're, they're not diseased, uh, which is transmissible. And if they um, have latent TB infection or, and are at risk for developing disease, they get put on preventive treatment. And that's very different compared to the rest of the world where prevention is pretty much not done. Contact investigation is not done. Um, and, and so, you know, um, we're far ahead of the game, but like I said, when you take your eye off the ball and public health resources are slim and you've got to put all of your resources on what's, you know, the current flavor of the month, be it flu or now it's actually current flavor of the many years uh, COVID, so which is much, much more transmissible than TB. So in reading a little more about TB, I saw that the transmission is a lot similar to what we were talking about with COVID, though, uh, through the air, you know, through um, through spittle, you know, just from our from our mouths. So using masks actually was what we needed to do with COVID. It seems like it could carry on to keep us safe from uh, contact with uh, tuberculosis. That's correct. Um, One thing to correct about what you said is that what is infectious is something so small. It's one to three microns across. It's called droplet nuclei. So it's not respiratory droplets, which are huge, basically. You know, if you sneeze and, you know, there's a picture of the man with the the spray, you can see the spray. That's not what infects you. What infects you is is a very fine aerosol caused by usually the cough or yelling or singing um, or sneezing, um, but not the droplets. And they they float. They have the aerodynamics to stay in the air for hours. Um, and, and that's what's dangerous. That's, that's what you inhale. And yes, masks, um, are very important for the person who, who is the caregiver of a active TB patient. They should be wearing N95 masks. Um, and, and for the, the tuberculosis patient, they wear a surgical mask. Um, and, and I would always tell them when you cough, you cover your mask with both, both hands. Um, and cough into your mask, right? Um, uh, with nowadays, though, everyone's wearing 90, uh, K95 uh, mask. Uh, and for the patient, though, with tuberculosis, uh, it, you know, it affects the lungs most of the time. It can affect any part of the body, but most of the time it's in the lungs, which is transmissible. So, you know, wearing a mask, is, is very important, but they often have a hard time breathing and wearing an N95 mask is uh, very, uh, very difficult for a person with lung disease, right? Right. Uh, so that's why they're wearing the surgical mask. You're protecting yourself um, by, by, by filtering that air with the, the K95 and making sure that it fits your face very well also so there are no leaks, you know, air coming in through the side, et cetera. And so proper, properly wearing that mask is extremely important. 
So as the general public, we need to be informed. Should we be concerned for our own health in terms of tuberculosis? I think the general public should be aware of airborne diseases in general. And so when a person is coughing, they should always cover their cough to minimize the spread, right? Right. Um, in Asia, where I've traveled a lot, wearing masks, especially when you're sick, uh, is normal. And, you know, but in the U.S., it was, it has been something quite new since COVID. And, and actually, it's a good thing it has normalized it. And perhaps in part, uh, the, the, the initial outbreak of COVID in Asia was less uh, bad because of mask wearing, and the, especially in the countries that wear masks regularly, like Korea and Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it didn't solve the, the, the problem completely, but it actually did, I think, reduce the spread because of their habits. Um, for tuberculosis, um, it is not as infectious as COVID unless it's in your larynx. Okay? If it's in your larynx, then it is as infectious as COVID. It's like the measles also. Um, and, and so if you're notified that you have active disease, you should immediately put on a mask to protect others. Uh, you should not be going out. You should isolate. It's the same as COVID. Um, and you should not go out into the public until until your test, um, you know, until you're on medication that reduces the amount of bacteria um, to to a level where that's safe for, for going out uh, and no longer and you're no longer considered infectious. So um, it's not as bad. You, you don't have to worry about um, tuberculosis if you're in the general public, but if you work with high risk populations or you're working in an outbreak situation, like the correctional worker or the families visiting the correctional facility, um, then, then, of course, these families may be at risk, right, because they're directly interacting with potentially, potential individuals with active TB that can, um, that can spread it. So I, I know that the state of Washington has done a large contact investigation looking for uh, individuals who've become infected uh, or diseased um, from the outbreak and whoever has infection that is not diseased, they're going to put them on preventive treatment right away. So fortunately, there are tests for that, for testing for infection, even when people are asymptomatic, and that will really help to contain and cut the line of transmission, as we would say in TB, in our TB world. <laughs> And that is really great guidance and advice for us. It also, if we were to look at anything good that has come out of COVID, maybe it is the mask-wearing situation, even though there's resistance on some levels. Still, it, it is a little bit more normalized where there is more of an option and more of the masks available for this kind of prevention. You're absolutely right. And... You know, I would have guessed that transmission would decrease somewhat, you know, in the public, general public, not in the homes where people aren't wearing masks. And the problem with the COVID is that people with cough possibly are just getting cleared for COVID and no one's looking for anything else, right? And I don't know, I'm speculating here, but they may have missed TB because 
the whole focus is on COVID. Again, you, you know, you take your eye off the ball and then you have a TB outbreak where, you know, it's impossible to be wearing masks uh, all the time in a, a, a correctional facility. So, yes, I think the mask wearing is, is very important, but um, more important is testing and not, not only focusing on COVID, but remembering that there's always a differential diagnosis for people with cough, you know, and it can be very insidious and mild. Uh, people think their cough is from an allergy or from smoking. They're not really all that sick, right? So if they're not that sick and their COVID test is negative, they might just say, okay, you're fine. Go back to your, your cell or, you know, go back to what you were doing before when you actually have tuberculosis. So, you know, being TB aware, thinking TB, uh, testing for TB, and really doing due diligence when there is a case in preventing it in individuals who have become infected. So having established where this might occur most in these dense living facilities, if someone uh, visiting or working with them finds a persistent cough, getting tested, would you ask specifically, would you test me for TB? If they have been whether they're coughing or not. In fact, you want to find a case before they start coughing because one cough is as effective as five minutes of yelling or, or talking loud. It's amazing how efficient our bodies are at expelling bad air, so to speak. So whether they are symptomatic or not, if they have been exposed, they should be tested. And there's a blood test that you can do it. Uh, there's a skin test, but uh, more commonly, and uh, you know, they're they're using the blood test called quantiferin, which is much more accurate than the skin test. This is such amazing information and very specified, but so critical because tuberculosis has been a killer. It it has caused a lot of death in our country. So we need to just be this much more informed and aware. Yeah, and I think the important message here is that unlike COVID, TB is preventable and it's curable and there's treatment that can cure the disease, you know, and restore health. You know, you have time to work with it. And like I said, unfortunately, public health resources have always been thin and uh, it gets diverted left, right and center when, you know, the epidemic comes along seasonal epidemics. And with COVID, it's been incredible because it's it's going to take years before we're over it. So I'm hoping that you know, TV does not get ignored. I think that there have been many lessons learned from COVID. And because they understand COVID is an airborne disease and that TV is also an airborne disease and the same measures need to be taken, but that there is a method of contact investigation, there is a prevention and there is a cure for the disease as well. And of course, ways to test them. And testing, as we learned from COVID, testing, testing, testing is the way to ensure that those who have been exposed don't ever develop the disease. Right. Well, this has been such a great education for us. Dr. Kawamura, I'm so grateful for your knowledge and experience and taking time to share that with us this morning, because certainly knowledge is power. So we hope that this lands on good ears and action. 
Well, thank you. It was fun to be talking with you about TB. And, you know, we just have to remember that COVID is not the only airborne infectious disease in the world. It's the tuberculosis will remain with us until the whole world takes care of the problem. And it'll always be in the U.S. until everyone, they, they say TB anywhere is TB everywhere. And that's true for any epidemic. And I hope we can someday eradicate tuberculosis as well. Well, I'm with you on that. And thank you for all the work that you do for that effort. I think we all are in your debt for that. <laughs> oh, thank you, Kate. <laughs> well, My you, pleasure. Well, again, it's been wonderful to speak with you. Thank you for all your dedication and work, Dr. Kawamura. Thank you, Kate.